0: How's everybody doing? Good, 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 good. good. All right, so we're doing a small two-week series called Listen to the Music. Uh, You guys heard that classic by the Doobie Brothers. Who has ever heard that song before by the Doobie Brothers? Raise a hand. Yes, mostly leaders. All right. (laughs) Um, So, that song is actually pretty good. Like it's it's most known for its chorus. Like uh, whoa wow, listen to the music. Yes, of course. But it's actually if you listen to the verses, I'm not and I'm not going to go through the verses. But it's actually a cool song. Like, it's it's about a movement happening. Like every there's people gathering. There's pe- there's large crowds gathering and gathering and coming to see something so big. So it's a really cool song. Listen to it in uh, your free time. Uh, I might even put it on the Spotify playlist this week. Who knows. Um, So, But today, uh, we have a two-part series talking about really what worship is, but what specifically uh, music is in that context. Worship can be anything. Worship doesn't have to be music. But in this particular series, we're going to be talking about why we use music and why music is so important, um, and the music that we listen to, why that matters. Um, And specifically today, I'm going to be talking about, surprise, surprise, worship music. So what is worship? Does anybody have like a great, like, man, I, I got this. This is the number one definition. I got it. Anybody? Worship. Okay. You don't have to feel that confident about it. You can just say, you can actually, Taylor, what you got for me, man? Praise Giving praise to something. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's, that's about half the answer I'm looking for. That's good. Anybody have like possibly the other half of that answer? Glorify. Glorify. That's good. That's good. That, that's part of that same half, but still good. I like that. That's good. Um, so, a definition that, that I like to use a lot is showing reverence and adoration for something we believe to be real and to put above all others. I like that last part, to put above all others, and, and, and a lot of us will have this uh, tendency to think about um, our, our love for God and love for others in almost like a, like a Reddit ranking where we've got, well, you know, Jesus is my number one, and then, for me, like, my wife is number two, and then my kids are number three, and then I've got my family, I've got my friends and stuff. And that's great. That's a great way to think about But really, it should be Jesus is way up here, and then, like, everything else is actually very, very bottom. The gap should be almost indistinguishable that it doesn't even look like a gap. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then, everything else that's bonus. So, when we think about worship, and we think about our adoration towards something that is real, to, to put above all others, um, who's a character that we think about in the Bible that really define who we think almost defines worship and praise? Who wrote maybe a bunch of these books, Psalms, yes, okay, so who wrote a lot of them? David, yes, David. David. Um, So what do we know about David? A whole lot, thanks to the Old Testament um, and thanks to a lot of great books that were written. But David's story, as we know, is full of ups and downs, and his Psalms actually reflect that. So Psalms 103, 1 and 2 is what I'm going to kind of focus in on. Your SOAP study is going to be on that as well. So your Psalm 103, you guys will go through the whole uh, Psalm 103, but I want to specifically focus on two verses, the first two verses of Psalm 103. And I, I love this, I love this particular um, two verses that really just define worship. For, for me, and, and I feel like it, it can, can define worship for all of us here in this room, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, all my inmost being, with everything, with everything that I am, with everything that I will be, everything that I have been, my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's really nice because this kind of encompasses the two main core reasons why we do praise and worship, why we praise God. We, not, we, we want to show all that is within us to praise his holy name and to not forget or remember all of the benefits that come with following God and all the benefits that God has done in our life. But also, if you look in the Psalms, like in the 50s, if you look at any of the Psalms, 50 through about 58, um, those David wrote while he was being tracked down to be murdered. Uh, so Psalm 54, uh, Psalm Psalm 54, verses one and two: Come with great power, O God, and rescue me; defend me with your might. Listen to my prayer, O God. Pay attention to my plea. David's being hunted down and people want to murder him. And in the midst of this, he still wants to praise God. And I'm not trying to speak for everybody in this room. But I don't think anybody in here is currently being hunted down to be murdered. Unless, if you are, then I'm sorry. Maybe this isn't, I mean, we try to make this a safe place, but if somebody's actually looking to murder you, you know, maybe hunker down and don't come into a public place with full of, you know, almost 100 people. So, in the midst of that, in the midst of being hunted down and hiding, he is still giving praise to God. And for us, where well, we don't really have that, and we don't really have persecution in this country when it comes to this level, a lot of times we just don't really feel like it. I'm just not really feeling into worship, but we're made to do this. We're every believe it or not, every single one of us, we're made for the primary purpose of praising and loving God. Isaiah forty three twenty one says, "The people I formed for myself, I will declare my praise." Will declare my praise. And I think that's something that we struggle with sometimes to to see that that is our primary focus. We are made for the primary and sole purpose of glorifying and giving praise to God. Everything else in our life is bonus. Everything else, your relationships with people, my marriage to my wife, being a father to my kids, having a job, knowing you, all bonus. It's just extra and all the more reason to give praise and glory to God. But a lot of us ask, well, why, why do we do it? Why, why do we do any of this? Why do we do these liturgical practices of coming in on a Sunday and starting every service with music? <clears throat> why do we do this? Um, the, first, the first thing I would tell you is that we're, we're called to do it, besides the fact that we're made to do it. Like that's, that's something that's going to encompass everything that's coming forward. But we're actually called to do it. First Peter 2.9 Says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare praises of Him who called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. And notice that we're pulling from the New Testament now um, instead of the Old Testament. These, this is words of encouragement that Peter is writing, and if you ever need really words of encouragement, First Peter is just a great place to go in general. So, if you're trying to read the Bible and you're like, I just want to be encouraged, First Peter is just a great, a great place to start. Uh, he's writing to the early church and in giving them encouragement um, to say that God is the one who saved you, pulled you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. And our worship service is like that we have here or a big church or any other church that you go to, it's not about really the music. It's about putting our attention on God and God alone. It's so we can be actually pulled out of the darkness, whether that's depression, anxiety, worry, sadness, anger, even just for the length of a few minutes of a song. And we can just give that up for a moment. Now, there's actually neurological studies that show that gratitude and anxiety and worry can't coexist in the brain at the same time. Now, hear me when I say this. I'm not saying, if you're just more thankful to God, all of your anxiety, all of your depression, all that will just go away. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that our posture of gratitude towards God, towards Jesus, lessens those anxieties, lessens those things in our life. They don't go away because of it. But if we posture ourselves more and more in the thankfulness towards Christ in our worship and in our day to day lives, which every day we're called to worship, whether it's through song or not. But the purpose of worship is to posture ourselves towards God. You hear me say that all the time. You hear Kevin say that. It's about posturing ourselves towards God. And what does our posture look like when we come into worship? What does it look like? Does it look like this? Or does it look like this? Or does it look like this, turned away? What does our posture actually say about our praise and worship to God? Worship is about taking our attention away from school, Snapchat, friends, family, hangups, and just saying for one moment, whether that's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or however long your worship set goes, wherever you're at, just taking a few minutes to say to God, you're it. This is all I'm here for right now. We also do it because it reveals who we really are. John four twenty three through 24. Um, this is an important verse, and, and if you have time to look it up in your Bible while, while we're talking, it's, it's just a really, really good uh, couple of verses. Tw- verse 23, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So, the more we set ourselves towards celebrating who we are in Christ, the less consumed we'll be about what others think of us. Um, so, last week, uh, we, didn't have, we didn't have high school services, uh, but we did have middle school services. We had them uh, here. Um, as we always do, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, and um, usually on those weeks where we don't have high school services, if I can, I try to just do the set myself, just to give our volunteers, all of your fellow students and adults who pour so much into you guys, I try to give that week off to them. So it was just me and an acoustic guitar, a little bit like what you saw tonight. Um, And when I was doing that, I was, I was illustrating something about why we raise our hands in worship. And I'll get to that a little bit later as well. But in this particular example, I said, you know, don't worry about what other people think of you. Just, just if you're feeling like the presence of God is here in this room and you want to reach out to him, do that. And I saw this one particular uh, middle school girl. She had her hand, and she, you could see the hesitation already as she was getting about here. And she was, she was getting there, getting there, and then started to look around. And noticed that none of her peers were joining her in it. And then as soon as she came to the realization, I'm going to be the only one doing this. Went right back down. And so in the middle of that song, I kind of stopped. I was still playing, but I stopped and I said, you know, there's some of you who are, who are brave enough to try to raise your hands and, and try to make that step, take that step. And um, and what I want to say is thank you. And then I just, at that point, I just asked everybody to raise their hands. And... Usually as a worship leader, just so you know, usually if you tell people what to do in worship, they're just going to do it. So, hey, just, <laughs> just so you know, if I ever need you guys to do something, I'm just going to tell you to do it. And most of the time, you guys will oblige, which I'm thankful for. But in this particular case, everybody else around her started raising their hands because they were just told to. And the freedom that I saw in her eyes to be able to worship her king and creator, who she believed to be really in the room with her, all that anxiety went away for just a few moments. And she was able to lift her hands in freedom and not really care about what other people think. There's also this other lady um, who goes to the YMCA right over here. Anybody? I love the Y. We, I started going last year, trying to get more healthy, trying to get more in shape. I try to, uh, I try to do the bike, uh, usually about three times a week. And there's this one lady, and if you've ever seen her, you know who I'm talking about. She's on the bike, she is praising Jesus on the bike. I mean, it is just hands up, not caring. She was singing Ann Wilson, "Let Me Tell You About My Jesus," like just, just out loud, just going at it. And, and that's just not—that's not usually the place I worship. But anyway, she was she was doing it. She was going full out, and I'm on the bike, just trying to get, just trying to burn some calories. And we both kind of got off our bikes at the same time that day. And I, I asked her. I said, "Hey, so I noticed." That um, you were praising and, and worshiping, and she said, "Yeah, yeah, of course." And I said, "I just want to let you know, it's just really nice to to see that kind of out in the wild, you know." And um, I didn't tell her what I did, you know. I I didn't tell her what I did, but I said, "You know, it's really nice to see that." And she said, "I'm here just I'm here to burn some calories and burn some energy, and why not exert that energy towards Jesus? Why not?" And it was just so so beautiful just to think like. I'm burning all this energy. I'm doing all this. Why not do it for Christ and show glory to Him and what He's done in my life? And lastly, we do it because it helps us bring us closer to what we need. We worship a God that gives us everything. And it reveals our true relationship with Him him, how thankful we are for those things. We do it to honor a God that is worthy, but also because He's a God that brings us everything that we need. Do you find yourself really in the midst of turmoil and havoc in this time of year where you can't really feel like you can even catch your breath? Then worship a God of peace who gave you that very breath and you'll find that rest. Do you need wisdom? Ask the God of wisdom and you'll find wisdom. Worship the God of wisdom and you'll find wisdom. Wisdom. Are you struggling to love a family member or a friend that just seems unlovable right now? Then worship the God who is love so that his love can become yours. So why music? Why music out of all the things? That worship, can, worship doesn't have to be music. Of course it does not. It does, like the, the trip that Kevin Birch, who went on road trip this past week? Cool, cool. You guys showed worship all week to your creator by giving of your time, your energy, and giving to other people who are less fortunate than you, and pouring into a camp that is going to be our place for one camp. But why music? Music helps us focus. How many of us, when we're doing homework or schoolwork, focus better with music behind us? Just show of hands. I do. Like, I focus better with music behind me. Or when we're exercising, like My Lady at the Y, we're we're more motivated by a soundtrack behind us. So think about famous movies with famous soundtracks. Think about this one that's about to play right now. All right, that's good. Who knows who, knows who that's from? Wait, 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 star, star, which, which one? Phantom Menace, that's right. Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, 1999. Love that movie. It's my third favorite Star Wars movie. I know that's a hot take for some of y'all. I know. But Duel of the Fates, that lightsaber battle was everything for me. 1999, I was 11 years old in the movie theater. That thing was awesome. And the music made it all the more. Here's the next song. Jaws, yeah, you can cut it off. Jaws, yes. Jaws, 1975, Steven Spielberg. It's amazing how two notes created a villain. That's it. That's all he really needed. Everything else just kind of flowed in. Uh, Let's play the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Not a cloud in the sky. I got it. All right, Encanto, two thousand twenty-one. It was really good. It was really good. Uh, that one's fine. That one's fine for me. Encanto's just okay. Like it's just it's just fine. Um, it's good. It's good. The music's fine, but Lin Manuel Miranda has done better. Um, last last song, and I probably will tear up a little bit just even thinking about it. Remember. say goodbye. Remember me. Don't let it make you cry. For even if I'm far away, I hold you in my Yeah, go ahead. Cut it off before I start bawling. I, I cry every time at the end of that movie. When he's when he's doing that, when he's, when he's singing to his great-grandmother, ah, uh, ah, uh, Coco, 2017. Yes, I know I'm very weird about movies and knowing years. Um, Where would most of these movies be without the soundtracks that made them? I challenge you, watch any Star Wars film, especially episode one in that that particular lightsaber duel, it is really lame when there's no music behind it. Music helps us focus and to see what we're coming into. It makes us more comfortable, but yet also makes us more vulnerable. And the reason music is so important when it comes to worship is because it creates that great balance between vulnerability and comfortable. We feel a little bit more comfortable being a little bit more vulnerable. Music does that to us. And so what God wants from us in our worship is that sense of vulnerability, but also being comfortable knowing that he's in the room. But why do we feel awkward about it? A lot of it can be because we don't know the song. A lot of it's because we don't really know how to act. We can be confused about what to do with our hands. Just like my friend... Ricky Bobby. Um, Yes, Talladega Nights, 2006. Um, It's a great movie, great movie. Um, But what do we do with our hands? Some of y'all just need to be taught what to do with your hands. So I've got a few examples for you. Put that first one up here. So this is is rookie level. Pocket land is where I call this, you know, elbow flap a little bit. Carry the TV, go big screen. You get your hands out a little bit more. Let's go to the next level, please. Intermediate. The fish was this big. That's my favorite one. This is really good right here. Hold my baby. Mufasa. Now that's leveling up. That's really getting to the next level. Go ahead and put, put that up. Dueling light bulbs. I've never seen this one before. I don't know. The goalpost. I do heartburn a lot. That's mine. That's that's a big one of mine, the heartburn. Um Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom, And then the last one, I want to see all of y'all, you now, doing all of these, okay? Village people, Rocky, Touchdown, I want to see those. All right. So, the reason I show you a lot of those silly examples and with all those silly titles, and here, come back to me, guys. Come back to me for just a second, guys. The reason I show you those silly examples is to ask you why... Do you, why should you take the next step? So if you're in pocket land, you know, maybe just bringing the hands out. If the hands are out, maybe raising them a little bit. Why, why am I asking you to take the next step in doing that? It's freeing. Yes, it's freeing because God is in the room. He's in here right now with us, currently among us, right now. If God being in this room right now is real to us, then we should be spiritually, literally reaching out to him as much as we can. Every second we're able to, we should be reaching out to him. If God is real to us, why are we not praying more? If God is real to us, why are we not going to him with everything first? He's literally the closest person to you. Why are we not going to him with everything first? And if God is real to him, real to us, why are we not worshiping him with all of our hearts? So how do we do it? Well, it does. It starts with the realization that he's here, wherever you are. You just feel that he's real and you reach out to him. It doesn't always have to be music. It Give me a breath of fresh air, take it in. Unless you have really bad allergies right now, like I do. But take a breath in, and then on the exhale, just saying, Jesus, I love you. It can be taking in something as small as a blade of grass, or the bodies that God has blessed every single one of us in, on this earth to be able to have, and just thanking him for it. And these expressions of worship can happen any time any place, and you don't need a time signature, and you don't need a key signature. And I say this, and I've emphasized that there is something truly special about music, though. When we come to him in song, and he doesn't really care about how well you play or how well you sing. He just doesn't really care where your talent is. He cares where your heart is. You know that we've had students and people and and adults on this stage of all varying types of talent levels, whether they're blowing the roof off the doors, I said what I said, blowing the roof off the doors, or they're just starting out and they're just really trying to, to, to try to get a heart full of worship and lead other people in worship. I personally just don't care about what they sound like most of the time. I just really care about where their heart is. And that's where God's at. And the last reason we do this is because we'll be doing it for the rest of our lives you read anywhere in Revelation, you read anywhere in in the prophecies, we will be doing this for the rest of our lives. Will it look like this? Probably not. I really hope not, actually. But we will be worshiping, praising, giving nothing but ourselves all day, every day, to Jesus for the rest of our lives. So why not give ourselves a little bit of sneak preview of heaven? If God is really real to us, why are we not reaching out to him more? Why are we not giving more of ourselves to him? And I say this, like I'm not talking to certain people in the room who, like if you haven't had that relationship with Jesus yet, if you haven't come to know the sweet, awesome relationship that you can have with Jesus and following him, that, this part's not really for you. But I'm talking to those who do know Jesus, to the ones that Jesus is real to them. Reach out. Find a new way to worship God this week. Find a new way to worship God daily, of course, as well. But when you guys get in discussion group later, I want you to verbalize one new way that you can worship God this week.